Welcome to this episode of SDI Encounters, a podcast from SDI, the home of spiritual companionship. I'm Matt Whitney. Pat McCabe, whose Navajo name is Wayakpa Najin Wien, which means woman stands shining, is a Diné mother, grandmother, activist, artist, writer, ceremonial leader, and international speaker. She will be the ceremonialist for SDI's upcoming conference in Santa Fe, New Mexico. In this podcast, we spoke with Pat over web conferencing software and get to know her a little bit better and her approach to relationships and spiritual companionship. Uh, well, well, Pat, thank you for your time today. Glad to see you and spend some time with you and get to know you a little bit and share some of your story with the SDI community. Uh, as our uh, Santa Fe Conference ceremonialist, uh, maybe you, would you mind sharing a little bit about you and your story uh, and the work that you do? <laughs> My story, wow. Um... Well, first of all, I just want to say to the listeners. Uh, that's, uh, my name is Patricia Catherine McCabe, and I come from the Diné people, um, indigenous people of what is now known as the Southwest United States. And um, I uh, greet you with our, in our traditional way by saying, and so I'm uh, informing you of my clans. And uh, as I always say, if I were saying that out to a, a, a group of people, uh, also Diné, invariably somebody would come up to me and tell me how we're related. So this is a very um, extended family way of being. And the way our clans are, are such that we say, I can't be well if you're not well. So this is a way that we, um, as community, uh, are bound to each other, and it's a, it's supposed to be a joyful <laughs> thing that you know that we're bound together and our well-being is bound together. Um, I guess for some reason I feel like adding that you know it's a little trickier in modern times with this particular kind of economic system, in which um, in order to have what I need, um, I. I have to withhold what I, you know, it's, it's about saving, it's about hoarding, it's about amassing. Um, and so it's, it's a very different mindset to, to come from a clan system. Um, and so I'm, I'm exploring that a lot um, with, with other groups too, at this point, um, in terms of looking at economy in the modern world. But um, I was born and raised here in New Mexico. I started out in Albuquerque and gradually well, I started out in Albuquerque and then uh, moved to the West Coast when my father went to uh, start his uh, graduate schoolwork at Stanford University in the Bay Area in California. Uh, lived on the Stanford campus there. And then uh, from there, moved to our uh, traditional homeland, Deneta, uh, on our reservation. And then from there, I got sent to East Coast Boarding School in New Hampshire um, and attended Phillips Exeter Academy um, and then studied in France and came back to Albuquerque when I was uh, 17 years old. So I had kind of a, a wild and 
Willie Wright in the beginning there that has served me really deeply in my life. And I realize, I mean, I, I take it as my, my, high, my, my higher power uh, spirits, uh, really deep schooling for me to prepare me for what I came here to bring. Um, so I've been back in New Mexico primarily since I was 17 again, lived in Albuquerque again, slowly migrated north to Santa Fe and then up to Taos, and, uh, which is very rural, northern New Mexico. And um, I've been there for 33 years. So um, this is home, home, home to me. And, um, and I guess what I can say about Taos in particular um, is that I really needed to, you know, the, I, I started out in my life being put on a really fast track with um, academia and, you know, the, the, the goal there is hopefully to amass fame and fortune. And uh, so I was doing my best to, to find my, my ranking in that, in that hierarchy the hierarchical way of being, competitive way of being. And I realized that it was really hurting my soul, really hurting my spirit. Um, and so when I had an opportunity going up north uh, to Taos, northern New Mexico, and being with the land there, I, I spent a morning in the hot springs on the, in the Rio Grande Gorge, and uh, I had an epiphany <laughs> as, um, as my companion called a pair of uh, eagles over to us with an eagle bone whistle. And I just thought, wow, what am I doing? You know, I, I could be doing this. <laughs> and, um, and so I chose to abandon that track of academia and fame and fortune and just really kind of gave myself over to the land um, in, the, in, in the Taos area and the, in the Sangre de Cristo Mountains, the lower Rockies and um, have been in a healing place um, with the land. Very deep healing. And it's taken a lot to shed um, that modern world way, that modern world outlook, that modern world expectation. And in that time of, of, of knowing that I needed to change something in a big way and um, leaving um, you know, the track I was on, I sent a call out, I didn't know to who, uh, at that time, I had abandoned all spirituality, but I came to a very difficult place in my life, and I sent a call out, and what came back to me was uh, people inviting me to my very first Native American ceremony, because uh, my grandparents and my parents had been taken into Dutch Christian Reform missionary residential boarding schools as part of the United States government's attempts to break our culture and, and, and assimilate us into their way of life and their paradigm. So after two generations, um, by the time I came along, my, my family was no longer engaged in our language um, or our ceremonies, our way of prayer, our way of life. And, um, and so I, I've, had to, I've had to go back and, and try to find that place. Um, so that's what I say is, you know, my greatest gift to the world is describing this journey going back home to to recognizing earth as being uh the center of of our embodied life and placing life at the center and so the land um and and then being invited into this native american ceremony my very first native american ceremony 
has been a journey that has helped me um, re recenter myself, but also help to clarify my identity as a Diné woman, but also as a human being, I think. Um, because I really feel like at this point um, on the Mother Earth, we're all struggling to understand what does it mean to be indigenous to Earth? <laughs> we are from place and this place is Earth. Um, and so we call it sustainability, which is kind of a very sterilized word and intellectual conceptual word of a very profound relationship that we are capable of having with place. Um, and so that's been the path that I've been on. I've been in this uh, Lakota spiritual way of life uh, for the last 28 years. And as we say, that makes me a baby in those ways. Um, but uh, it's been very powerful. And so all of that journey turns out to be very useful to the world. I, I didn't embark on it for those reasons. And it surprises me to, to be kind of tapped in, uh, in my tiny little town in Northern New Mexico, but the world uh, somehow keeps reaching out to me to come and to talk about this journey of moving back into being an earth-based being here with a very deep spiritual life that continues to help me understand my relationship to earth, to myself, to people, um, and like that. So I, I, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very grateful for this opportunity. And I guess, I guess what I want to say is to my surprise, you know, I travel all over the world, um, and I speak in all different places about this journey. And I speak on a variety of subjects because it feels like the world is just very interested in hearing from a completely different paradigm. I think there's a recognition that the paradigm we've been operating in is, um, is ultimately not working. It's leaving too many people out. It's leaving too many people crushed and in despair. Um, and so, and also, you know, environmentally speaking, we're, you know, that wasn't really enough evidence for us. <laughs> so, but now that our environment is sort of collapsing around our ears, that's enough evidence for us. Um, and so we're, we're questioning things. And so I realized that, you know, I come, I happen to come from a branch of humanity that, um, that has been, that has been living in the same place under the exact same circumstances, but from a completely different perspective, or as I say, a different paradigm. And so it seems that that's what the world is very interested in for me is, um, is, is how, how do we look at economy? How do we look at health? How do we look at, you know, here we come up on our uh, spiritual directors gathering, you know, how do, how does, how do we look at spiritual, spiritual direction even, I guess we could say. Um, so all these different topics um, I speak on because I'm really just talking about it from a different center. And uh, so that's, that's how I find myself today is, is traveling, 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 teaching and speaking and also meeting with indigenous peoples from all over. There's indigenous gatherings taking place all over the world right now. Um, because we, in general, and in every indigenous community I have been to says that we are responsible for caretaking the earth and for standing up for her, standing up for life and upholding the honor of being human being. And so um, even though uh, our circumstances are quite difficult, we still feel and hold that responsibility, that accountability, and also that love. It's not just a duty. It's a love. So um, I guess that's, <laughs> in a nutshell, 
my my journey right now. Um, I guess I'll also add that part of my journey is um, taking care, or I, I don't really like to say it that way, actually. I think I've decided that I like to say being a companion to my 96-year-old mama and um, helping provide a space for her to create, you know, uh, a good end of life and a good journey to the other side when, when she decides it's time to leave us all behind. And um, so that's a great honor for me right now. So yeah, very good to be here. And um, uh, I, get, I, I wanted to say um, that I'm really honored to be asked to hold this space for the Spiritual Directors Conference in Santa Fe coming up in April. Um, and it seems appropriate, <laughs> me being so grounded and embedded here in New Mexico. And for us, that's correct protocol, is if you're going to, if you're gonna, as, I don't know how to say it, if you're gonna bust a big move somewhere <laughs> by bringing lots of people um, into one place and having these deep discussions, um, our protocol says you need to bring in the local people who have been of that place for millennia. And so that's how I see myself um, in, that, in that role here for us this year. And um, wherever this SDI conference is, I, I hope that that will be the case as well, that, that that presence will be invited in. But here we are in this one. And um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to, I guess, uh, host, hosting from that space of trying to bring us in, in, in a most harmonious way to all the prayers that are already in place, that are already in motion because we have indigenous peoples all up and down the Rio Grande and they have been here long before this was ever called the United States, long before the churches came, long before many of our human systems um, that we operate in were here. And those ways of, of life, those ways of prayer, those ways of being in relationship with the earth um, have been going on unbroken continuously. So, so I look to bring are gathering in in the best way I can in a way that will harmonize with those principles and those prayers and the protocol of the peoples of this place. And um, and I do feel like this is um, one of our one of our primary needs right now in terms of recognizing that we are, as Thich Nhat Hanh says, an interbeing. How do we do that? How do we do that coming from different belief systems and roads? So here we are, another opportunity to give it another shot and do our best. And, and I love it that we get to do it in prayer, unabashedly, um, and, in, and with spiritual consciousness in mind. And, um, that, and, that, and that this conference um, has enlisted a, a local um, conference ceremonialist. Uh, <laughs> that's uh, fabulous. So anyway, that's probably enough to start with. Yeah, thank you so much. It's a, a wonderful, you, you paint a, a broad and nuanced picture of wellness, which is what you offered in, in your greeting. You know, I can't be well if you are not well. And that, that haunts me to hear you say that and then also to hear everything else that you just spoke about what it means to what does it mean to be well in a in a our sort of late capitalist epoch what does it mean to be well when 
ecological systems are breaking down? What does it mean to be well, you know, amidst so much uh, cultural and political strife and, um, and the fear and anxiety that is so many, at the heart of so many people that we encounter and I, I hear in you, just in the sharing of your own story and in your understanding of spiritual companionship and holding space, just the various discoveries and paths around wellness. Uh, it's one thing to say to somebody like, hey, how are you? Oh, I'm good, thanks. You know, how are you? Good, and then move on. And in your, your greeting, you acknowledge that I'm not well if you are not well. And then I, I hear just an outpouring of that exploration through what you just shared. Um, and that's the work of spiritual companionship and spiritual direction is to seek wellness in the people that we accompany and hold space for. Uh, and it's surprisingly complicated. And also companions need wellness for themselves. And uh, so people coming to this conference, you know, it's are participating in that interbeing that you described, that Thich Nhat Hanh described, uh, which is we seek wellness for one another and for other beings and, and also for ourselves. If you've been listening to this podcast, you probably have a good sense of what it means to be on the spiritual journey. If you're curious about this, well, do you ever ask yourself questions around the meaning of life? What is the meaning of your life? Do you know yourself in your truest and fullest sense? Why are you here on this earth? What do you have to offer to the world? How can you be and sit with the inevitable pain, loss, and difficulty that beset us all at times? These are really deep questions, and spiritual companions go to work every day, listening, asking questions, and offering compassion to help people like you find your own answers workable answers, answers that are personal and practical, that build inner strength and equanimity. A spiritual companion listens to and honors without judgment your unique spiritual journey. Spiritual companions help each person find balance in the adventure of their lives and practice compassion with all whom they encounter. SDI is the home of spiritual companionship, and we believe everyone should have a spiritual companion. If you're interested in finding a spiritual companion, please check out our resource on our website, The Seek and Find Guide, a database of over 7,000 spiritual directors, chaplains, and life coaches from around the world who are available to companion with you on your own spiritual journey. The Seek and Find Guide is available on our website, sdiworld.org. Support for this week's podcast comes from SDI's upcoming contemplative writing retreat, which we are calling Writing at the Edge of the World, happening June 15th through June 19th, 2020, 
on beautiful Orcas Island in Washington State, USA. Led by award-winning writer Tanya Cassell and NEA fellow and Zen teacher Sean Murphy, this retreat is designed to meet you wherever you are on your creative journey. You'll leave the retreat with a notebook full of writing and a fresh set of tools to invigorate your creative voice. Learn more on our homepage, sdiworld.org, and you'll find the Writer's Workshop in the homepage slider. And now here's part two of our conversation. I'm so excited, Pat, to, to get to witness the way that you're going to hold ceremonial space for us in this, this big convention center in Santa Fe and, um, and invite us to maybe sample or, or at least have the opportunity to experience, walk into, dabble in a new, a new discourse, a new worldview, a new paradigm. Uh, and, um, and I am, yeah, I'll just leave it there. I'm look, I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm full of gratitude and, um, and anticipation for what that space will be. And I, I, I think that there's probably a, a, there's a number of reasons why our conference is so sort of explosively popular, probably some intangible things. Um, but I also think that there's just uh, something about Santa Fe and this land and its people feels like it's, it's calling. And I'm grateful that you are receiving, receiving us in that space. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to, um, to know that so many people want to attend this conference and come out our way. Um, actually, that was a prayer that I put out a couple of years ago that I'd like to be able, have more opportunities to stay home and work at home. And that is definitely coming to pass. <laughs> and so it's, it's really beautiful to give me an opportunity to think about how, how to, how to, I use the word host, I might use the word shepherd shepherd these possibilities um, into, my, into my own home. And, um, you know, when I travel, <clears throat> and this might be something for people to consider as they're, as they're thinking about coming into the conference and coming our way, um, but when I travel, in fact, I'm getting ready to travel to the Middle East uh, coming up in just uh, a very short while, a couple of weeks, to go to Israel, Jordan, and Palestine. And... Um, and so before I do anything like that, uh, I like to get really quiet. And for, for me, I go into uh, a ceremony that we call Inipi, which some people call sweat lodge, purification ceremony. And because I feel like that's the place where I, where I lay, lay, lay myself bare, where I put all my cards on the table <laughs> about my current status in my heart of hearts, in my, in my mental uh, ruminations, which some of them are, are wonderful dreams that I want to invite the spiritual help in to participate in. And sometimes I'm just torturing myself with certain thoughts and I know it. And so I can go into that place and be relieved of, of that kind of um, thinking and that pattern. I can, so that's the beauty of it. The depth of the purification there is such that it can purify my emotion patterns. It can purify my thought patterns um, and as well as, as take care of my restore my physical being back to original design, perfect functioning. Um, and so I, I feel like, as I say, that's the meest I can be is when I'm in that place. So I try to find 
the meest I can be, whatever that place is that, that really helps me to be that, um, you know, what I know about myself, what I don't know about myself, what I'm working on, what I'm struggling with, what I'm overcoming, what I'm succeeding with, all those things, you know. And so I present that and I call out to the place that I'm going to and I say, you know, it's me. And, and so I was given a Lakota name, Wiakpa Najinwi, uh, which translates roughly to womaning, standing, shining. And, um, and I say, I'm coming your way and I'm reaching out to you. And, um, and I want you to know that, I want you to see me, see who's coming. And I ask for permission to come your way and, um, and see, see how I am. And I'm not, I'm not looking to change my way. I already have a way, but what I'd like to do in whatever way I can is to bring um, our way and all the medicine, all the strength, all the healing, all the help, all the beauty of it in support of you where you are. And I'd like to, um, to harmonize with the way that the mother earth and all of the spiritual helpers, guardians of that place, um, all the ways that they have been wanting or have been teaching you or informing you or working with you, co-creating with you. I want to bring what I have to harmonize with that and to help strengthen that. Um, because what I was told in ceremony at one point was that, you know, um, we used to travel, you know, here in the Americas um, on what they call the trade routes, but I was told that that's not the correct name. Really, we should be calling them kinship routes um, that have taken place all the way from Alaska to Antarctica. And so what they told me was we, we used to travel, had designated travelers from different peoples, and we would bring our knowledge and our ways into different communities, not to change them, not to convert them, but to just support them to bring our medicine to help support them to have, you know, their way that's very specific to place, you know, expand and grow. So in that spirit, you know, I say, I'm coming your way and, and I'm looking to bring what I have in support of you in, in whatever way I can be helpful and healing to you. Certainly in the Middle East, um, it seems like we could use some healing. So, so I want to bring the vibration of harmony that has been given to me for my way into that space to, to be of help in some way. And um, so I like to I like to send that out to ahead of me, as I approach place and um, and and be received in that way. And then sometimes after I do something like that, make a prayer like that, then I'm shown something very specific that is possible. Uh, what is possible by this meeting? What is possible by my coming? What is possible for these medicines to come together? What 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 beauty um, in humanity and our relationship with all life can occur? By this by this cross-pollination if you will and um and so in that way i've been going from place to place i guess i'm sort of a honeybee that way and uh and it's um it's an extraordinary life to move like that so i invite those who are coming to the conference here in new mexico if you would like um give that a try see what that's like to one figure out where where is that place that makes me feel the meest i can be where i can lay myself bare and and approach that which which already knows who we are in a way but but to, to declare our intentions to declare our service to declare our love um for each other as even even as we come to meet each other and i think when we move in that way um doors open <laughs> things respond to that level of of relationship and respect and ideally reverence Thank you for that invitation and that welcome. I want to I want to ask you about that that invitation to welcome. 
uh, kind of on a personal note, uh, but also uh, maybe representing a conference participant, uh, somebody who has who is interested in learning about uh, indigenous wisdom and notions of real sustainability and real interbeing. I think there's a, a sort of phony Western sustainability that is, you know, we can continue to consume and live the lifestyles that we do, but in a more environmentally friendly way, which is not the sustainability, like the true sustainability, that is a different kind of pace and a different way of knowing and a different way of being in the world. And you talked about being able to operate out of a sense of strength uh, and wisdom from your own tradition. So just, you know, speaking for myself, right? Like, you know, what is, what is my tradition? Like my native tongue is white and Christian. How might I receive invitation to and welcome towards embracing a, a more of an indigenous wisdom without uh, appropriating it or disrespecting it? Uh, does that make sense? Well, I, first of all, want to say that uh, I can appreciate your distinction about sustainability, um, which is why I'm not a huge advocate of green energy as the ultimate solution <laughs> for our time. Mm -hmm. My clan grandfather said this thing that, that keeps me going all the time. He said, um, what, what the world is, what modern world is suffering from right now is a crisis of relationship. And so I feel like our deep sustainability actually has everything to do with rethinking our relationship to each other, to again, to ourselves, to each other, to the larger community of life. Um, and, and, and for me, and I guess for us at this conference and the spiritual community as well. Um, and, and so, so our sustainability, um, really relies on a, re, a remaking, a recreation, a reimagining of these relationships. Um, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a big Facebook poster. Um, <laughs> and so the other day I was saying, are, I yeah, um, so yeah, you can look, look, I have a public page, Pat McCabe, and I would also recommend my daughter, Lila June Johnston, L-Y-L-A, and J-O-H-N-S-T-O-N, Lila June Johnston. Okay. Um, those, we have, we, 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 we essay a lot on there about, about exactly what you're asking about. So that's a good place to look. Um, but I was saying, you know, I feel like we have a huge misunderstanding. I think I said a morbid misunderstanding of, um, of freedom and generosity. <laughs> so from modern world perspective, freedom and generosity looks like one thing, or I, I'm sorry, we have a morbid misunderstanding of freedom and abundance. That's what I said. And so from modern world perspective, freedom, is I get to do whatever I want, however I want, and that's my right, and don't interfere with me. And abundance is resources for me to amass as much as I possibly can so that I don't have to ever face uncertainty, insecurity. Um, I mean, I don't know what all the, uh, those seem to me like some of the underlying reasons for, for that mindset. And um, whereas, you know, in, as I've been learning in indigenous community, I see that we, well, well, just think about uh, maybe some people have heard of the giveaway. So we do a lot of giveaways and that's in gratitude for 
for having the opportunity to serve. So even after we've done something very hard and, and that took very laborious and took a lot of time, energy, resources, et cetera, to accomplish, instead of asking for, okay, where's mine? The question is, wow, I had the opportunity. I was given the wherewithal, um, everything I needed and, and, and strength and health and everything to be able to give this. So therefore it's time for me to do a giveaway. So it's a, it's a really backwards way of thinking compared to modern world. Mm -hmm. um, and and so, so the whole uh, structure of thinking is 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 quite different. And um, and so, what that tells me uh, is that we we have a different way of dealing with life's uncertainties. For one thing, we say yes, things are going to arise that we couldn't have anticipated. Um, we could encounter natural disaster um, even before climate change and et cetera. The things happened, right? But we as a community, here comes that clan thing again, we as a community, if we stick together, we will be able to make sure that all the children are fed and all the elders are cared for and that everybody can be taken care of, right? So um, I just think, wow, what a, what a really different way of, of approaching <laughs> the future and life. Um, I've been thinking about that a lot today. I'm really exploring generosity right now. Uh -huh. um, and so, you know, I think that everybody's up for a pretty big reshuffling of the deck, not just, uh, you know, I think indigenous people are, are as well. Um, I think we're all called upon to, to rethink relationship right now. So, you know, as for appropriation, gosh, that's such a tough one for me. I'm, I'm probably the most liberal of anybody you'll ever talk to. So, and so, so you can listen to me, but know that you're going to meet a lot of other people who, who aren't quite as open and liberal as I am about it, because I think we're going to make mistakes. And I think, we have to look over the fence. Um, the paradigm that we mostly operate under is was not created placing life at the center. So many of our giant systems, economic, health, um, education, they were not created placing life at the center. But now we are absolutely being asked to put life right at the center. We're being asked, do you want this life or don't you want this life? And so we have to, you know, all the things that we identify with, our identities um, that are bound in those systems, they have to be undone. And that leaves us in this place of the great mystery. And so those of us who have a spiritual way of life, you know, now's the time for our vision quest in there. I mean, we have formal ways of doing vision quests, but, but all of us on some level, I think, are, are due for a big vision quest. You know, show me the truth. Show me what real love is. Show me how to participate fully in the very highest possibility for life, light, and love. And um, and that is going to require us having a look at each other um, and, and how other people do it, especially people who come from a paradigm that is completely not rooted in the same things that modern world paradigm is rooted in. I always say, if sustainability is the highest and most sought after technology on the planet, who should we be talking to? We should be talking to those peoples who've known how to live in one place over an extended period of time, thousand years, 5,000 years, 10,000 years, 20,000 years in relative health, harmony, and happiness. So that's where my compass comes from, not only because I am indigenous, but logically that makes sense to me. Yeah, and not just that there's one way to do it, right? But that, you know, it's that you are attuned to the, those people who have been in a place for thousands of years are attuned to where they are and that practice in one place is going to look different than a practice on the other side of the world or in the Middle East or in the Arctic. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a really good lesson. 
Yeah, and I guess, you know, I was just thinking that um, I was raised in Christianity, so I'm pretty familiar with the laws that are given there, the Ten Commandments, for instance. Um, but, but there are other laws for being here in this place that Creator placed us in. And so for me, I feel like hopefully our spiritual nature um, honors this physical life, this, this time that we have here. And there are laws that govern that. And those are not always present in, in many systems, human systems of, of knowledge and, and prayer, I would say. Um, and, in indigenous culture, we talk about original instructions. And, um, and so that's a deep exploration for me right now. They're not written down. I've never had an elder say, okay, here they are, you know, one through 10 or one through 20. <laughs> so I'm kind of um, learning it from, from organically from the ceremonies. And, um, but that's something else that I want to put on our radar is, is there are spiritual laws for this place because we, we always want to do whatever we can dream up to do, but, but we're bumping into a natural boundary which says, well, you can, you can do whatever you dr can dream up to do, but you might not be able to continue life here if you don't um, confine that to certain, uh, you know, if there aren't any, if, if you don't acknowledge certain boundaries with it. And one of those boundaries is acknowledging the sovereignty of all beings, um, which modern world feels that uh, is not necessary. And I feel yeah. like that's, that has, has everything to do with our crisis of relationship at the moment. Pat describes this crisis of relationship, which is a sense of disconnect from ourselves to each other, into the larger community of all life, both human and non-human. Attuning to the spiritual laws of life that govern our being, our places, and our inner being. Pat says indigenous culture calls these original instructions and that these need to make themselves manifest across cultures. The thing about these original instructions is that they're not written down. They're meant to be known through lived experience, which requires listening, presence, and practice. If you're enjoying this podcast and you want to help us share and spread the word about the life-giving practice of spiritual companionship, you can help us out by subscribing to this podcast through your favorite app. You could give us a like or even write us a review. Thank you for listening. This is Matt Whitney with Spiritual Directors International. Thanks again for listening. Your time and your presence here are deeply appreciated. If you liked this show and would like us to continue making them, please do subscribe now while it's fresh on your mind. Also, we would love to hear from you, so please feel free to send in your comments and suggestions to the email address podcast at sdiworld.org. To learn more about spiritual companionship and ways that you can plug in and join our community, visit us at our website at www.sdiworld.org. Thank you. Blessings and peace on your day, and may you share blessings and peace to others.